You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. Hey, Katie. Hey, Zach. Usually, you're the one who talks first in these intros, but today... We're doing a little switching of jobs, aren't we? Yep. Switch the jobs, flip the script. So I am going to give you a topic to study, and you are going to teach us. Mm-hmm. You are going to become the expert and, in part, teach us everything that we could possibly know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. About the Electoral College. Cool. So... I think that this is a great episode for you in particular because you, as a student of the law and as a generally politically aware person, I feel like if I studied this for 30 minutes and came back and we had a conversation about it, you would still be one step ahead of me for the whole conversation. And while I might teach listeners something, I wouldn't have taught you anything. So Mm -hmm. I think... You having already this deeper understanding, and not deeper understanding, but just knowing what the Electoral College is and how it works uh, to a degree more so than myself, I think you will be a lot uh, better equipped to teach us. Sure. I I appreciate your confidence in me. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I I wish almost that... um, I mean, to be fair, like, I've been in law school for uh, two plus years now, and we most certainly have never discussed the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. I wish we had. I think it would be a good thing to talk about, but it's not really within the realm of what we're dealing with. But you were a political science major. This is true. Undergrad, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So we, we did talk about it then. But, um, but I guess my point is it feels like a, an institution that – is just kind of there, and we all accept that it's there, and no one is really looking to shake it up, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, maybe if we were talking about it in school and it were on the forefront of everyone's mind, that might be a good thing. Um, But it seems like it's not. But, hey, maybe if we make enough podcasts about it, it will be. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm excited. And obviously we're doing this um, before the election because – this is something that I think is on a lot of people's minds, but also should be on a lot of people's minds. We should all understand how our country works, how our democracy works. So when you're voting, you know what your vote really means right. and how that plays into who becomes elected president. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something you should know, right? We should be informed. We yeah. should know how it works. I agree. Hey, if we do this right, yeah. this should be our highest rated episode. Oh, man. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people searching what the Electoral College is between now and November 3rd. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the most fun, hilarious, <laughs> exciting, edge of your seat version Coolest, you can find. sexiest. Yeah. yeah. So strap in, kids, and get ready for the Electoral College. All right. Now I have to, like, write a screenplay. Okay. Yeah, you better wow us. I will. Phew. I'm ready to be wowed. I hope you're wowed. I 
as I was researching this, I felt myself taking it very seriously because, as I should, but, you know, this is an important, important thing for everyone to know about, but also it's just so, I don't know, it felt very weighty right now for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, because we're going into an election and an election where um, there just has been talk of, oh, maybe... Who knows if it's going to, you know, if we're going to get the results and maybe we'll throw it to the Supreme Court. It just was like a lot of that was weighing on me and I wanted to make sure that I was delivering good, accurate information um, because this is an important topic for us to understand. I bet a luxury that you had that I've never even considered and I definitely haven't come across when I'm doing an episode is uh, the luxury would be that there were probably there was probably no shortage of contemporary articles explaining exactly what the electoral college is and how it works this is true but almost to my detriment right because when there's so many it's like oh where do i even start right yeah that's true but i'm just saying more from the point of you um you probably had your pick of the litter of six minute very readable articles that kind of at least gave an overview of what the electoral college is and how it works you know as opposed to when you're looking up how a microwave works and it's like yeah, yeah. you go super deep true. into a thing and and it's you know hard yeah. to to find a path to to just like go head first down and trust that it's going to get you to where you're trying to yes get. there's a lot of information i actually thought um when i started that this was going to be a little more bite size and straightforward and not that it's not straightforward but there is a lot of information to talk about so okay. let's get into it let's do it so let's start with what the heck is the Electoral College, right? Is I don't it a know. College? Are there frats? Is everyone partying? No, it's not fun at all. <laughs> um, so the Electoral College is. I know their football team sucks. It does. It loses every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a a body of 538 electors, and the idea of it was established by the Constitution, and the Electoral College forms just. Every four years, when there's a presidential election, it just forms to elect the president and vice president, and then it disperses. And who are these people? The better question to ask is, who aren't they? Okay. So, (laughs) basically, so to explain how this all happens, after you cast your vote in your state, right? Mm -hmm. You go out, you cast your vote. Zach and I cast our votes already. It was super fun. Um, so the state itself does a statewide tally. They count up all the votes. And whoever gets the most votes, usually it's a majority of the votes. Um, it could be a plurality, meaning whoever gets, like, the most. Do you know what that means? Like, no. even if you don't get 51% is a majority, but if you get 48% and no one else got oh, close right. yeah, to that, of course. you would still win. So, um, so whoever gets either a majority or plurality, their political party gets to choose all of the electors for their state okay so let's say we're in california so let's go back to a former election um so hillary clinton won our state last time Mm -hmm. so once she has the majority of the votes in the state the uh, democrats get to pick all of the electors So that's how it works in every single state except for Maine and Nebraska. And I will explain how they apportion their votes a little bit later. So why do we have 538 electors? I want to know. It's based on the number of representatives in Congress. So we have two 
for each state has two to start, okay. and that matches our senators. So every state has two senators. And then you have more based on however many members of the House of Representatives you have. So if you're a really small, small meaning population-wise state like Montana, you have two senators, and then you just have one member of the House of Representatives, so you have three electoral votes. Does that wow. make sense? Yeah. And then Washington, D.C., also has three. Okay. As a separate little bonus for them. So uh, they they hardly count. I well, mean, Montana and Washington, oh. <laughs> D.C., it's like those six um, well, probably very rarely comes down to a smaller margin than that, right? I Not necessarily. Um, and also, talking about how much they count, we're going to get into that later as well. So you asked who the electors are, mm-hmm. right? And I gave you that hilariously fun answer of it's more important to ask who they are (laughs) and the reason why i said that is because the constitution really doesn't say anything about who can be an elector but it does specifically say who can't be an elector oh okay um and so who can't be an elector a member of congress smokers (laughs) no smokers can um member of congress can't be one a high-ranking u.s official in like a high-ranking position um, or someone who is engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States, which I say is a pretty good call. Yeah, that's that's fair. Also, if we know who they are, maybe we should just nip it in the bud and like charge them with something. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so that's who they definitely can't be. Outside of that, they're usually people who are just like really politically active because again, they're they're being nominated by their party, mm-hmm. so they're just people who are like politically connected, high ranking. I mean, like, could a could the mayor of Bozeman possibly be the the guy in Montana to cast the vote? Like, could yeah, it be someone who's like so. in politics in the state, just on a smaller scale? Or um, I mean, I guess it does. They're not a member of Congress or a high ranking U.S. official, so I guess they could. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's generally who they are. Also, as as you'll realize, like this is not a very important job, so like it doesn't really matter. Oh. Also, you do one job one day and it's over every so, four years. Yeah. It's and not even. It's not like. In the next four years, you'll do it again. Not necessarily. Oh, see, that's a job I could have. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be great. One day every four years, contracts may or may not get renegotiated. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'll so, take that. <laughs> so, um... Health insurance for that? Definitely. I'll take it, regardless. For that one day, yeah, maybe. I'll take it. <laughs> so, how do you win? You may have heard this magic number thrown around. Do you know what the number is? How many electoral college votes you need? Do you remember? Mm-mm, no. You need 270. Why? Because 538 divided by 2 is 269. So if you have 270, you won. You have more than the other one. That's a majority. Exactly. And so basically, if you get that, if you can secure 270 electoral college votes, you will become the next president. That's how you win. Not through the people's votes, through the electoral college votes. Mm -hmm. So... When do they vote, right? We know we're all voting by November 3rd this year. When the heck do these people vote? I'll tell you. It's actually a hilarious day. It is the the Monday after the second Wednesday in December. What? Uh, Yeah, it's hilarious. I don't know how they came up with that, but they did, and that's when they vote. So basically, they're going to vote in mid-December. So it gives us some time to count up our votes, see who won in our state, Tell the electors, we choose you, now go and cast your vote. So their vote takes place in mid-December, 
and then their votes are sealed up and they're sent to the Senate and the Senate opens it on January 6th and reads the votes before both houses of Congress and then the winner is sworn in on January 20th. That sounds right. Now, has um, has a winner ever been announced, you know, by the media, whatever, and then it reversed course when they finally voted in mid-December? Absolutely not. Okay, good. No. Um, that, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, if you, so, you know, I'm talking about how they cast their votes mid-December. You've never even heard of the day that they're voting, right? We don't pay attention to the day that the Electoral College is voting. Like, no one even notices Mm -mm. because basically for the reason is it doesn't matter. We already know who won. We know who's going to win. That's that. Mm -hmm. Um, But so why do we have this Electoral College, right? It seems really weird, right? Yeah, it seems it seems pointless. Unnecessary. Yeah. We already are voting. We're Mm -hmm. already counting the votes. Why do we need these people? Well, I'll tell you. It's because of our founding fathers and the Constitutional Convention in 1787. That's wow. why. Wait, okay. Uh, what did they... Man. All right. Tell us. <laughs> I didn't even have a question there. I don't know why I interrupted you. <laughs> so, um... I think I just needed to collect myself. There, it, it was interesting. So this was part of the thing that I... I feel like I wasn't able to do as deep a dive into, and I'm sure because histo- it seems like historians have conflicting views on exactly the the background of it. But I'll give you what I was able to get after consulting a few different sources. So basically, at the time, I guess the conventional way things were done was governors were appointed, or ele- I don't know how you want to say it were appointed by the legislature of their state. So essentially, the the first idea that the founding fathers had for the president was for Congress to vote for the president. So just Congress would pick the president. So not the people at all. Not the people at all. I mean, presumably, if the people are picking Congress, then they're their representative mm-hmm. and whatever. But like, no, the people were not having a say. And that was just how it was done, so that just seemed natural to them. Um, but they had concerns about the balance of power and checks and ba- uh, you know checks and balances. Congress and the president are supposed to be two different branches of the government that can balance each other out. If Congress is electing the president, the president could feel like beholden to Congress, want to appease them, that kind of thing, and it could kind of mess up that balance of power. Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that just not a democracy either? No, I mean, I guess it's arguable because, again, like, we would vote for Congress and then they would... I mean, is it a democracy what we have right now? <laughs> I guess, if you're going to say that's not one. Because, like I'm saying, technically the Electoral College is... Yeah, this. that's true, yeah. But, um, so, oh, man, this goes back to my political science days, but... We have a democratic republic, which means a true democracy would be one vote, one vo- you know, the people elect everyone, whatever. But mm-hmm. we are a... Re- oh, man, I hope I'm getting this right. Go for We're it. We're a republic because we, we elect representatives who then do things on our behalf. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, anyway, oh, that's I, I my just have to say. To Basically, every other word you say, I have no idea what it means. Really? Uh, yeah, not your fault at all. Like Just, what? Like, 
Democratic Republic, and I, I I can't even recall them. It's like hearing a different language. All, I'm just saying, all of this stuff to me is like I I'm so lost when it comes to. But does is government. it making sense though? Yeah, it is making sense. Okay. That's not. I'm not trying to correct you or tell you to switch it up. I'm just saying like it's crazy how you're talking. I'm like it sounds like a different language. Wow. Yeah. But I hope you're understanding and you're getting a more thorough. Uh, understanding of how your government works. I am, and I'm sure everybody else listening is too. This Good. is this is helpful. I hope so. So, like I said, they first were like, let's just have Congress pick the president. And then some other dudes were like, this is a bad idea. Let's not do that. And they're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And um, I think some people have... So this is part of the where my research went in different directions. Mm-hmm. There's a common thought that the founding fathers just didn't want popular vote election for like they said no we don't we don't trust the people or we don't think that's a good idea i wonder if that was um at all in part because it was just way harder to facilitate that back then or to trust the results of it as opposed to today it wasn't because of that but it was because of other reasons that aren't applicable today so number one they thought that So basically what I read was, no, it's not that they thought popular elections are a bad idea, but there were certain things that went into the decision that made it a bad idea, but, spoiler alert, they're not really applicable today. Okay. So number one is people might lack information to make an informed decision, Mm -hmm. which back then, for sure, how are you getting it, you know, how are we disseminating information back then? Newspaper, you know, it was just a lot harder. Now... There's no lack of information. It's bombarding us 24-7, so not a problem. Um, Also, I think there was an idea back then of, uh, you know, the country was a lot smaller. Again, everything was a lot more local, that people would just vote for the person from their state. I can see that. Yeah, which, I mean, things like that kind of go (laughs) still happen. Yeah, it's like when you're watching, like, a UFC fight and (laughs) the two guys that pop up are, I don't know, Say it's an American guy versus a Russian guy, and you're just instinctively like, oh, well, I hope the American wins. But then, like, when the Russian guy has your same birthday, you're like, oh, now I hope he wins. <laughs> yeah. This is a very good illustration yeah. of how <laughs> people can choose for very interesting reasons. Um, so, so yeah. So, those were two um, problems. Also, another problem, very dark part of our history, but southern states didn't necessarily want a popular election because a lot of their population couldn't vote because they had oh, slavery. So even though they had a larger population that gave them a greater representation, they yes. uh, they they couldn't not that they couldn't Quote, unquote, they did not allow those people to vote, so a yes. popular vote wouldn't be any better than this than right. this system. So what it would they be worse did, actually it'd be much worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what they did is the Electoral College um was at that time was based on the same you remember the three fifths compromise yeah. that got to um how many delegates they had in the House of Representatives. Oh, okay. They used since the Electoral College matches the House of Representatives, they felt like, okay, this is equivalent representation for us. Hmm. And if you don't know what the three-fifths compromise is, they decided that each enslaved person would count for three-fifths of a person when counting their population, because they didn't want to count them as one whole person. That wouldn't be fair, but it also wouldn't be fair to not count them at all. And this is very heinous, and I hope you all feel very uncomfortable. I'm just going to go on record as saying that was uh, pretty messed up. (laughs) Good, good. Um, So anyway, so that's how we came up with this idea of the Electoral College. So that's why it seems kind of weird. 
but that was the idea behind it. And uh, we're going to get into some criticism of it now, uh, and it kind of stems from the idea that the reasons for which we founded it aren't necessarily very applicable today. Mm-hmm. And now we've gotten to the point where out of the last three presidents, two of the last three presidents won the presidency in the Electoral College, but lost the popular vote. Now, they have, what, 538, you said? Uh, Electoral College votes, yeah. Is there not a way to just make that an equal ratio among all the states so that the representation is a little uh, more balanced? Like, where a state with... What do you mean? I don't know what I mean, actually. I might be... Well, totally so supposedly it is it is representative, right? Supposedly we are basing the number of representatives in the House of Representatives off your population size, and then everyone has two senators. And so California, for example, has 55 electoral votes versus Wyoming's three electoral votes. Mm-hmm. So supposedly it's balanced out. Wait, sorry. California has how many? 55. Okay. So... How can this happen, right? How can you win the popular vote and not win the electoral vote? Right. It doesn't I, really make sense. I know that that happens, but yeah, I would love for you to explain, like, I'm in second grade, like, how that happens. Basically, the way that it happens is, if you win, as I said before, if or you win... Or explain, like, I'm just me, because I am <laughs> at the equal level of a second grader in this conversation. So, if you win the majority of votes in a state, you get all the votes in that state. And you get that whether you win by 51% or 99%. Mm-hmm. So the way that this can happen is that these candidates who have won the popular vote but lost the Electoral College is they've won by big margins in the states that they win. So they're getting way, way, way more votes. Well, I mean, I say way, way, way more. In that state, they're getting way, way, way more votes But because the Electoral College is this winner-take-all system where it doesn't matter if you win by, if you get 51% of the votes or 99% of the votes, you still just get the electoral votes for that state. So you can, like, I'll just use the last election as an example because it happened. Hillary Clinton got almost 3 million more votes than Donald Trump. And let's say that's because when she won a state like California, she probably won won it by a bigger margin than he won some of the states he won, like Florida, for example. Okay, so she could get, uh, how many people are in California? 35 million, something like that? 40 million? More. How many people? I don't know. Uh, It's like 40 million. (laughs) So let's just say she got 40 million, for sake of argument. Sure. If she got 40 million, she gets all the votes. But Mm -hmm. then Florida, Trump could win by 51%. Let's say Florida has five or 10 million people. Mm-hmm. So he gets 5 million and one there. Yep. He also wins Pennsylvania with, let's say, 10 million people. That's 5 million and one there yes. times three more states. So he can have five states that he wins that outnumber California, even though California had 40 million votes for Hillary Clinton, but those six states only had 25 million votes combined in that for Trump, and that would outweigh California exactly. when they counted them all. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Good job. 
So yeah, she got three million more of the popular votes, but he, what Donald Trump won in a pretty big landslide in the electoral college. He got three hundred and six electoral votes, and she only got two hundred and thirty-two, which is pretty crazy when you hear those numbers, right? That you could get three million more mm-hmm. yeah, humans is crazy. who went out of their way to vote for you, and you could lose by that decisive margin in now, the electoral college. Who was the other? You said two of the last three presidents. I assume not Obama, or else you would no. have said the last two right yes okay. um George, you must recall george w bush in 2000 the hanging chads yeah i didn't know that was an electoral college thing though yeah well that was uh the al gore won the popular vote in that situation as well okay but then it came down to florida the supreme court said that florida went to bush and he ended up winning the electoral college because of it got it so you know that's a big criticism, right? Seems kind of messed up that in our country today you can get more votes from people and yet for some reason you end up losing the election. Especially 3%. That's not nothing. I mean, that's a little less than 1 or sorry, 3 million. That's a yeah. little less than 1% of our country, but it's a lot. how many people are of voting age and of those people, what is the average voter turnout? Like 40, 50%? I don't know. I think you it know. Might so, be there. so that's jacking it way up to oh, being yes, yes. probably a, a good six percent at least of the people who can vote. Yep, and yeah. did voting for one person over the other. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, so people from you know, I I don't want to say both sides because that makes it sound political. It is a little bit political, but people from differing perspectives dislike the Electoral College for different reasons. Some people think it disadvantages small states because, like I said, California, which is a very populous state, and when I say small and big, now I'm talking about population. Mm -hmm. Um, California is the biggest, most populous state. We have 55 electoral votes. And then, like I said, somewhere like Wyoming, Montana, they only have three. I'm assuming that's the least, right? Well, three it has to be the three to least. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that could seem kind of unfair. But when you flip it, if you really look at the numbers, so Wyoming has three electoral votes, and the population of Wyoming is a little under 600,000 people. Dang. California has 55 electoral votes and has almost 40 million people. There you go. You were on track. You were, you know, you're really good at I've numbers. Heard, well, like I've heard that. that, so I, yeah, I had it in the back of my head. So if you distribute the vote evenly and, like, do the math and average it out, every one vote from a person in Wyoming is worth, wait, how do I say this? Every one I think you were saying it right. We were just waiting for the next number. Three times as potent, if you will, Mm -hmm. as every one vote in California. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so your vote counts like three times as much, almost four, 3.6 times more than one vote in California, which also kind of messed up, right? As a voter in California, it doesn't feel great to know that my vote is a third of another person's vote just because they live in another state. Yeah. 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 I mean, I see your point. That is, that's something. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple good things. Well, actually, let's just talk about one good thing because I only have one about okay, the electoral fair college. enough. Um, the one good thing is that if we, if Wyoming weren't weighted the way it is, right, it would be super easy for um, candidates to just ignore states like that. They could say, right. "We don't care. There, there's hardly any point in winning that state, so we're going to ignore them." 
Um, so it gives candidates a good incentive to pay attention to, to quote-unquote, all of the states, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea, um, which is good. But the flip side of it is because of the way the Electoral College works, um, we know they don't pay attention to all the states. We live in California. When has anyone campaigned here? Never. No one campaigns here because they know that the state is just going to go in one specific direction. True. And it's the same for a lot of states, whether they always go Democrat or always go Republican. And so, Well, they me, campaign here in the form of landing at LAX, getting in an armored again, car, going to Beverly Hills, ton of traffic. having a dinner and yeah. picking up $40 million and then going right. back out to other states. Perfect. We love it. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it's like, it's good that smaller states wouldn't get ignored or written off, but at the same time, it feels like, well, but a lot of other states now also get ignored mm-hmm. um, for a different reason, not because they don't carry any weight, but because since we know the Electoral College works the way it does, it's it seems pointless for them to campaign here what are the pointless states the pointless states yeah um california new york texas used to be pointless i don't know if it's pointless anymore new york's that pointless oh yeah new york is pointless um (laughs) (laughs) those are the states i've lived in and so zach here yeah you spent a lot of time in texas no oh yeah (laughs) no not texas um zach has lived in pennsylvania which is notably a quote-unquote swing state Mm -hmm. which so this is another thing the electoral college does is it makes other states known as swing states and they're the ones that they pay all the attention to because they could go either way um and And that's like pennsylvania florida what other states ohio um i don't really i mean i think a lot of i don't know a lot of states i think I mean, if if most of the states always voted the same way, then this would be very right. A lot of the states swing mm-hmm. on different elections, but yeah. they don't have the, the large population. enough population to yes. really make a exactly. difference. So this is a good way to segue into the next thing I want to talk about, which is so we're talking about how California, right, blue all the way, Texas bright red. Um, is that true? I have no idea. It's not true. It's not true. And that's another reason why the Electoral College, it really um, kind of takes the representation away from people. Because, so as I mentioned earlier, um, most of the states are this winner-take-all system. You get 51% of the vote, you get all the Electoral College Mm. votes. Except Maine and Nebraska. They are, they go on a, um, it's called the the Congressional District Method which is also known as, like, a plurality method. I feel like I know where this is going, and this is a much better method. Yes! I actually wrote... It wasn't really a thesis, but it was, like, my final paper for my political science major, and it was, like, 40 pages about majoritarian versus um, plurality uh, systems of government arguing for the latter, and that's what Maine and Nebraska is, and I talked about it in my paper. So, for Maine and Nebraska... There are two electoral college votes that represent their senators. They will go with the winner-take-all system. So if the if the popular vote went for Donald Trump, they're going to go. Those two votes are for Donald Trump for that reason. Mm-hmm. But all of the rest of their votes will go by the congressional district. Who was the winner in that district? So in Maine and Nebraska, you don't have. I don't know how many votes they have, but let's say they have ten. Mm-hmm. You don't have 
10 going to one person necessarily. You can have eight going to one person, two going to someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's way more representative of how the people in that state actually voted. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that seems much better. I mean, you could also make the argument that if you're getting to that point, it's like, well, why not just use the popular vote? But I get it. In this current system, those states can't I agree. defer to the popular vote. But if all states were to use that system at that point, it's like, okay, well, this is simply the popular vote. So why do we even have this? And you want to know something really step? cool? What? So it just to illustrate this point of what I was saying before about how the country is a lot more purple than we like to admit, um, if... If Texas and California had used that kind of system, like Maine and Nebraska, in 2012, when it was Obama versus Romney, um, and that sounded like a real matchup. Just Obama <laughs> and Romney. They were both running. Um, Which one has my birthday? <laughs> so if if they had delegated based on the the percentage of votes that they got in those states, 16 of Texas's 38 votes would have gone to Obama. It's kind of a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And 20 of California's 55 votes would have gone to Romney. Also a lot. Right? And doesn't that, it makes you think like, wow, that's a lot of vote. 20 out of 55 votes in California were kind of meant for him. Like, doesn't he deserve those votes? Yeah. It, it really makes you feel like this is not a representative system is yeah, what it makes you that, feel that's like, That's right? a much cleaner way of doing it, it seems. Yeah, it just, it's just more representative. And isn't that the point of all this? Maybe uh, you don't know this and that's totally fine, but when did those states start doing that and how was that process permitted through the Supreme Court, I would imagine, for them know. to change the, the way they do it? No, because they're states that, like, we have a lot of states' rights in this country. And that's so. one of the rights is that how you can vote on a a presidential election yeah um huh. and so every state could choose to do this next year if they yeah wanted. i think i think they can um one other really interesting thing just happened this summer july 6 2020 so there used to be this problem called faithless electors and basically what that means is someone who was put up there and said you know just for example abraham lincoln won all the majority of the votes in our state so you guys all march in there and vote for him and someone goes in there and is like no way i'm voting for lee harvey oswald instead <laughs> that'd be okay that first of all that'd be very rude yes it would be but um also very a lot of foresight because oh, he wouldn't true. have even yeah anyway so um just this past summer the supreme court ruled that states are allowed to require electors to vote for who they're supposed to vote for, basically. Oh, and what that okay. means is they can, like, punish them if they don't do it. Okay. Um, and this was never really a problem. Apparently, there was only one time in our entire history that some that a faithless elector cast a vote that may have had an impact on the election. It happens very infrequently. Usually, It's called grandstanding, usually, which is when you cast your vote for, the per for someone you're not supposed to, but you know that it won't matter anyway so is that literally is that where grandstanding comes from i don't think that's where it comes from but that that's okay that's the this. okay yeah prior to, apparently prior to 2016 there had never been more than one this quote-unquote grandstanding presidential elector and then in 2016 there were seven wow i know isn't that kind of wild that's a lot yeah it's a lot five were faithless to hillary and two were faithless to trump and they all voted for 
kind of ran- I mean, not totally And these totally must have random, been in states but... that it didn't make... They yes. knew it wouldn't make they a difference. They knew it didn't make any yeah. difference. So, so it really... It didn't matter, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of weird that there were so many of them. And interesting that after that, now the Supreme Court said, you're not allowed to do that anymore. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that... I mean, there's at least that level of trust in the, in the system where it's like, okay... Uh, of course, like you said, there's no record of this happening, but now uh, that's just another level layer of protection, rather, to uh, to know that the votes are going to go through the way that your state chose. They're supposed to. Yep. So that's pretty much all I got. I can't wait for the fun facts, because I know these are going to be great. <laughs> I only have a couple of fun facts. <laughs> it's probably pretty hard to find fun facts about the Electoral They're College. they fun. Actually, one of them is not fun. I'll tell you it. Because it's not that it's not fun, but it's kind of like pandering on my part. Okay. Um, so do you want to know how, so we're all this talk about how these states have this many and these states only have this many. And how did they decide how many members you get in the House of Representatives? Doesn't everyone have two? No, that's the senators. Oh. Um, how did they decide? The census. Oh, by population. Yes, but by population. But that's the what they use oh, okay. is the census. So, uh, I think it might be too late, but fill out the census <laughs> that's going around right now. This is why, you know, you might feel like, who cares about the census? This is important, right? We're talking about how it really impacts the amount of representation that you have voting for the president. And so, fill out your census. It's important. Okay. Okay, this is my only actual fun fact. Um, you, yeah, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Do you want to know why did we vote on the first Tuesday in November? Yeah, uh, let me guess. Okay. First of all, there's no football on Tuesday, so that's obviously factored in. Mm-hmm. Um, November is... Um, it's comfortable for people in warmer states to get outside, and it's it's not going to be too bad in the colder states. So that's you know just like a fair day for everybody weather wise. Um, and okay. Then well, number three, I would say that um, you know you get it out of the way before Christmas, and then everyone can just live peacefully. I know you're trying to make jokes, but your second one was pretty much on target. Really? Yes. Um, so you know they're deciding this back in the day like I said late 1700s trying to set up a country and the population is very rural at that time everyone's a farmer basically it was like be a farmer or don't eat so everyone beat a farmer and because you know the population's really spread out we don't have the kind of transportation we have today it's gonna take you a while to get to the polls so the founding fathers were like all right Everyone's going to be in church all day Sunday. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And so if we have it on Monday, that's too soon. They literally can't. You're get still coming to the po- down from no, church. They're but they truly are like still riding their horse to the polls on Monday. Like it's not fair to put it that day. So they put it on Tuesday because you could get to the polls by then. Wow. Right. How and far then, we've come. I know. And then November is post harvest and pre heavy snowfall. We all know that. Right? That's crazy. I know. It's so funny because, again, it's such a good illustration of, like, very thoughtful, good for you guys, smart at the time, totally irrelevant Hilariously now, outdated. utterly ridiculous that we still have it on a Tuesday in November. But also, like, what are we going to do? Switch it? Yeah, yeah. To a Saturday. That's what we're going to do. Switch oh, really? it to a Saturday. Oh, I Well, I don't mean that. we're going to, but we should. 
Well, at least now we've we've extended the time. I think we should, we should just make it a holiday. That right? there you go. That is. Wouldn't everyone rather have Tuesday off than have everyone to would. freaking vote on a Saturday? Yes, no. no one wants to vote on a Saturday. It's true. Yeah. But yeah, so so in a few. That was fun. That fact? Yeah. I know, right? It's probably the most fun thing that's happened this entire episode. I'm sorry if it was kind of dry, but I feel like it's important. I think this was... Hey, any time that I'm sitting on this side of the microphone, this is a great episode. Okay. No, but really, I think this has been uh, very informative and, and easy to understand. Okay, I hope so. And that's coming from the person who, honestly, understands this stuff the least. <laughs> I hope so, because... Right, it's important. It's the it's important to know this. I mean, if you're going to, and I think it's very important to be active politically in your society. It's important to vote, and so if you're going to vote, you should know what's happening to your vote. And at the very least, every election year, this is a, a word. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know words term mm-hmm. term that you you hear a thousand times. So yeah, know what it is. Yeah, sound intelligent at dinner parties. Mm-hmm. In two years, I Remember guess. Remember those? <laughs> um, all right. I have one fun send-off, uh, and it's from our boy Alexander Hamilton. You're ending on a quote again? Yes, I love ending on a quote. Oh, it's i got to do thing. this. I know. Well, I know. okay. It, pun- it, it can be your thing. Oh, it can be your thing, too. So he he liked the idea of the Electoral College. He thought it was a good idea. For some reason, he thought it would, be, um, it would make it harder for foreign powers to... to have some kind of handle on our election. So. Who's, who's this? You said Blake Shelton. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then here's a couple quotes he said about it. He thought the Electoral College would afford a moral certainty that the office of president would seldom fall to the lot of any man who is not in an eminent degree endowed with the requisite qualifications. He thought that. He was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in addition... It would keep the office candidates with talents for low intrigue and the little arts of popularity from winning. So. Okay, well, he's done a lot of good and said a lot of good <laughs> things. In the, I mean, he's a smart guy. We can't deny that. But, yeah, but uh, hey. You be the judge of whether that one came true or can't not. Can't be right 100% of the exactly, time. Exactly, you can't. So, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to know about. Interesting part of our history. And, hey, some maybe... Uh, sometime soon, there won't be an electoral college. We'll just our votes will be our votes. I think that'd be fine. I think it would be fine. Too. But in the meantime, now that I know what it is, it's also probably fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Yep. Everything's fine right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. How are just, you doing? Fine. <laughs> just fine. We'll go enjoy our fine evening. Okay. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.